in a world full of straight people. Aren't you glad there's WOW Presents Plus, the number one place in the world to see Drag Race? And so much more. Subscribe to WOW Presents Plus. Still only $4.99. Subscribe today as streamed on TV. Welcome to Homophilia. Uh, it's just me this week. Matt is off for the week. Um, and I have a great guest, Zach Zimmerman. He is a super hilarious stand-up comedian. He is so funny and so insightful and so smart. Uh, he has got a new book out. It is called, Is It Hot In Here? Or Am I Suffering For All Eternity For The Sins I Committed On Earth? Um, it's it's funny and touching and beautiful. And you, uh, it's out now. So order it and get it and read it. You're going to love it. Um, we talk about his life, his, uh, his, his upbringing in a very religious family, uh, his, his love for um, the offspring and the Price is Right. Um, he takes all the boxes. You're going to love this conversation. So, uh, so stay tuned for that. But before, stay tuned. This is a podcast. You're not tuning into anything. Um, before we get into it, I want to say thank you to... Uh, all of the organizers and everyone who came out to Miami Beach Pride, Matt and I were down there last weekend. Um, it was such a, it was not only a, a lot of fun because of course it's Miami and it's a Pride event and of course it's a lot of fun. Um, it was empowering. It was, uh, it, it, it was such a great reminder of the strength and the power of our community um, Florida is a very strange place to be a gay person right now. Um, uh, a, a non-straight person of any kind. Um, it's, uh, it's a little sketchy down there at the moment. And with the way that the, the rules are being written, uh, right now, if, if the, the, the bill that DeSantis wants to pass passes, uh, what we did last weekend, which was beautiful and hopeful and, and wholesome will be illegal. Um, and it, it's, uh, it, it's, it's, a, it's a fucked up time to be in Florida. So it was a very good time to be with other queer people uh, marching and, and reminding ourselves that we gotta, gotta come together and fight um, because you know our rights could be taken away at a moment's notice. Um, it, sounds, it sounds like I was at some sort of uh, a rally, uh, which it, to a degree I was. Um, but it was it was it was a party and it was beautiful and I thank you Patrick thank you uh, thank you Matt thank you Bruce thank you Carol thank you Aaron uh, thank all of you um, when uh, when Matt comes back we will we will get into our adventures in Miami uh, I you know Matt was down with his harem of uh, of actresses uh, who were super fun to hang out with. We, we, uh, crossed paths briefly at the, uh, at the Miami beach pride event. Matt and I got to talk to the crowd. It was, it was great. And then we kind of took off for separate adventures. I can't wait to find out what he and his friends were, were up to. We, we spent a little time together at a nightclub called twist. Um, and you know, 
things things got individually crazy. I can't wait to find out what Nat and his women were up to, and I am internally debating how open I am going to be about um, the weekend that Ben and I had. We had a really good time. That's all I'm going to say. So when that comes back, we will get into it in a level of detail that you may not be ready for. We'll find out. In the meantime, uh, Zach Zimmerman, is it hot in here or am I suffering for all eternity for the sins I committed on earth? He's the best. Stick around. Zach Zimmerman. Dave Holmes. Zach Zimmerman. It's just the two of us. We're, we're having, you know, an intimate coffee. What are you uh, What are you having? I'm sipping on a Starbucks cold brew that I will probably mm. nurse for the next five to six hours. Great. Smart. What are you having? I'm, I'll tell you what I'm having. <gasps> I am having... I'm... You know, it's time. It's time for me to come out about this. Uh, I am having what is called an activated coffee. Oh no! It go go from, back in the closet. Go back. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, it's too late now. Uh, it is. Um, it is. Air. Are you familiar with the Airwan chain? No, Airwan. Okay. Like from Lord Air of the Rings. Yeah. No, it's it's almost nowhere spelled backwards, but not quite. E R E W H O N. It's wait. No, is this a grocery wait. store in L A? It's a grocery store. In Someone LA. sort of whispered about this to me last time I was there. It should only be talked about in whispers. It's <laughs> so shameful. So it's like it is a smaller but more expensive uh, Whole Foods, and uh, <laughs> and they do their take on bulletproof coffee. Okay. Which you used to be able to get at Whole Foods, and you can't get it. Anymore. Um, they call theirs activated coffee. Um, so it's essentially bulletproof coffee, except Erewhon does one thing differently. They add their little special sauce, and this is what they do differently. They charge you $12. <laughs> and it's it's very tasty, and it does give you the kind of, you know, low-key sustained energy that uh, that will get you through your day. It's got the MCT oils. It's got the, it's got the ghee. It's got the collagen protein. Uh, and it costs twelve dollars, and I'm an absolute idiot for drinking. <laughs> I I used to do and still do some variations of keto, and so I'm very mm. familiar with your mm. MCT oils. You're drinking a stick sure. of butter, basically, along with that's your just, coffee, and your body's exactly excited, but going to it's excited because you're stealing days of your life from the end of it to live now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's exactly what's happening. <laughs> uh, just so tasty. Where are you, Zach Zimmerman? I'm in our nation's capital, Washington, D.C. Oh. Do you have a reading tonight? I have a reading tonight, a stand-up Where? show. Though when you say reading, it, I, my first thought was psychic. And I was like, yes, I am. I'll speak, speak with a psychic tonight, get some tarot done. Right. Um, I'll be at Union Stage uh, doing stand-up for friends and family and fans, and then signing my little books that came out a couple days ago. Fantastic, fantastic. How does it feel? How, do, how does a book tour feel? It feels, you feel high. I mean, you tell me if my experience is similar to yours or different, but I felt, it felt like Christmas, the day the book came out. Like you wake up, you're getting all these presents in the form of little 
like social media notifications or texts from friends. My best friend sent me a dozen donuts because she knows I love donuts and and an iced coffee. And I read the note and it was like, please make it black. There was no option for not black. Make it black. And then my lit agent sent me some champagne. And yeah, it was just an overflow of dopamine. There's literally too much love to consume. And all I can think about is like how sad I'm going to be in two weeks when sort of like the, the rush dies down. I don't think that's true. I don't think that's true. It won't be as intense as it is this week, but the book will continue to be a thing that exists in the world. Mm. And um, there is that kind of long tail that mm. happens. Like, you know, every, everybody's talking about it for a couple of weeks, and that does go away. And that is, you know, you do a little bit miss it, although you'll be exhausted at the end of the, that time. So just know that. Do some, schedule some self-care. Mm. But then, then it enters the long tail stage where it's like people who were not maybe inclined to read it at first will pick it up or have it recommended to them or whatever and then you will like you will get that and those are um less frequent but maybe but sometimes more impactful because you don't expect them Ooh, the for whatever reason this experience has made me think of a thing my therapist said about grief which was basically like everyone reaches out like right when the loss happens yes set an alert in your calendar for a month later or three months later to reach out and check in on the person and so this feels Mm -hmm. similar like everybody shows up when the book comes out but in a month or two months that like one-on-one message or like actually like oh i loved this part i actually read it because like no no offense i love mass appeal or any sort of like people being like oh your book congrats but it means so much more if someone's like, I read this chapter and this yes. X, Y, Z, you have, we have the same mom or like, oh my yes. God, I love this essay. Like that is actually more creatively fulfilling. I think that you pay it the is. bills with the mass reach, but like you, you're, you sort of like feel like you're touching on purpose when you get more yeah. deep with one person or a couple people. The, um, like for, for the publisher and for you, <laughs> To a degree, it's like it's more important that people buy the book. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't care. I don't care if you read the book. Just buy the book. Right, right, right. But then over time, then it's like okay, you you want people to have read it and to have connected with it, and you know to like click, you know to to like feel to feel something. Something. It's not book related, but it's stand up related. That happened in Chicago when I did a book event. I had a fan come up who'd seen a video I did a crowd work clip where an audience member like came out to her friend over the course of the set a classic a classic of the form and and the audience member said the way I said the audience member or sorry the person in Chicago was like you said her name Elena I like made fun of how she said her name and this woman was like my kid and I say our the child's husband the child's dad's name Roberta. Like, sorry, yeah. yeah. I'm, there's too many characters in the story. Basically, yeah. a way a thing I a way I said a thing has influenced how this three person family like refers to one of their the patriarch, and it makes them like giggle and laugh. In a way, it's like become something beyond me. And the idea that you could play a role in someone's life or like touch someone in that way is like yeah. That's that's a brain fuck. That's like not it is not really something I planned for or not even a goal I had. And I was like, that's no. it's wild. 
no, you don't think about it, but that's that is exciting. That is, you know, what art is for. Mm, you know, mm, mm-hmm. is to evoke something, and and once it leaves you, you you are not in charge of what it's going to evoke in someone else, uh, or how you know how that person is going to to read it or, or experience it or whatever. It's exciting. I felt that yesterday. I texted a friend like, "Oh, thanks for coming to the release show." And they said, uh, like, I'm reading your book now. And I was like, oh, sorry to interrupt. <laughs> like, yeah. the book's a separate thing. I'm interrupting your experience of the book. Yeah. Oh, God. It's, it's so exciting. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. It's very kind. It's, it very, it's very cool to, sorry, this is all still kind of like raw and I'm processing. I'm not, I'm very earnest about it all right now. I can be jaded in a week or two, but. I don't want jaded Zach Zimmerman. <laughs> I want sincere enthusiastic book release Zach Zimmerman how was your time between turning in the final thing and now we talked about this I think you gave me advice on Maximum Fun or when I did um, uh, Troubled Waters or was like you Uh were like you're gonna think of 900 things that should have been in there or you're gonna think of the best joke ever after you turn it in um And there was definitely, there were moments of that, like, oh, fuck, I should have done that. Oh, I could have done that. But I had, like, a little bit of a, well, I don't want to be shady, but, like, a little bit of a design misstep, and so we delayed publication a little. So that kind of informed my experience of everything. Like, it was supposed to come out in November, and now it's coming out now, which, obviously, everything happens for a reason. Um, Oh, God, I sound like my mother. But that that kind of long, I had a really long gestational period. It'd be like if you're about to give birth and someone's like, actually, six more months of this. Which, mm-hmm. not to co-opt birth language since I don't have a womb, but it does feel like the easiest metaphor to click into. Like, book birthday, the postpartum, the kind of yeah. like support from friends. Mm-hmm. But I think it felt good. I was excited to get it out in the world. And now I'm far enough away from it that I can just promote it. It's a different part of my brain. I'm no longer like anxious about the writing or overly sensitive artist. I'm like, let me put on my promo hat. When I did right. uh, when I did Corden, Jamie Lee Curtis was on promoting Scream 3. No, Halloween 3. Halloween 3. Halloween 3 and said that she was a weapon of mass promotion. And I, that stuck with me. And I was like, oh, promoting is a job. Like you, and you have to show the industry that you're good at doing that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, my job right now. Because all I want to do is run away and journal and like write about all the cool, interesting things that are happening right now. But I'm like, no, I am promo God. I am yeah. reaching out to everyone I've ever met and gracefully mm-hmm. mentioning that I wrote a book. I am shamelessly posting everything like it's just a different you become this monster and that's not who i am like i love the humanity of everyone one of the best things about all this is book signing i love talking to people like for one to two minutes while sitting down it's like the perfect perfect length of interacting with (laughs) with a bunch of people it is it's a fake reality that you to some degree are (laughs) in charge of Mm -hmm. you know so yeah, I mean, you 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 make it start, you make it stop. It's it is centered around a thing. They may have something that they want to tell you. It's uh, and then and then it's over. 
you, something I maybe am not doing right is I'm letting them end the interaction because I don't want to be, oh. I don't want them to remember me like ushering them away. But maybe that's because my yeah. num- numbers are smaller. I can like afford that. But I've been sort of letting the awkwardness of the moment end the interaction. Uh, yeah, well, either way, it works. <laughs> it works. It's lovely. And and nobody really wants to, nobody's going to tie up a line forever. Yes, you the know, line, they, they are, yes. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the end of the line that's the risk. It's the butt. Oh, boy. The butt yeah. could be there all night. Mm-hmm. The butt could be there all night. Or there could be no line. Oh, no. And Did you see that viral that tweet? Oh, yes, totally. And I've lived it. Oh, the my viral tweet God. that Zach Zimmerman is talking about is uh, uh, there was a woman who had a book signing and nobody showed up, and that will that that will happen. That'll happen, and that'll hurt, and that will end. And then you move on to the next one, and there will be a couple people there. Um, it so yeah, that's that is a thing. That's a thing. I was I had one of those. It was it, it was actually worse than nobody showing up. Like two people showed up. And it was at the uh, the Barnes and Noble in Santa Monica, and I had already done an LA reading, so that was what I told myself. It was that like, well, you know, that, that all the people came to the the one at Book Soup, um, but like two people came, and it was I was absolutely mortified. And I said something about it on Twitter, and Meryl Marco, one of my all time favorite writers, was like, oh yeah, that happens to me all the time. And so then I was like, okay, I'm not, I can't, I if she's not gonna, if she's learned to shrug it off, mm-hmm. then I have no business being. That has, that has been the other cool thing. I'm, I like know artistic communities in terms of stand-up, but now I feel like mm-hmm. I am, oh, you're in the author club, and authors look yeah. out for each other. Like I've had authors on Twitter DM me and say, like, or Linda Holmes is like, do not read Goodreads. Oh, Stop. Stop reading Goodreads, yeah. Zach. Something's oh, going to slip yeah. into your brain and... Like it's not like you can take criticism, but someone's gonna say like a weird phrase that's gonna wedge into your mind forever and keep mm-hmm. you from writing when you sit down. And so I feel mm-hmm. very like lucky now to be in a community of people that seem to take care of each other or are open to sharing wisdom or at least have been through it and can can relay things that they've learned or let you know what's abnormal or what's normal. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's good that you're being that, that you're open to that kind of thing. You know, because to close yourself off from it and suffer in silence is not. Is not <laughs> um, so yeah, like anyway, accept the help from the the universe of writers. Um, I want to talk so much more about the book, but first, uh, in this time, in your life, what are you what are you watching, listening to, consuming in the world of pop culture? Of course, I feel reading. I'm the trashiest little uh, reality TV snob, and so the well, past few weeks <laughs> have been so fun. I've been I'm up to date on Survivor, Drag Race, mm-hmm. and Love Is Blind, which I've realized is kind of like Drag Race for straight people. I think the like oh, fandom around <laughs> the characters and sort of the tuning in and will they, won't they? I mean, a wedding is already very sort of like camp, and it feels like yeah. The lip sync for your life equivalent is sort of like, are they going to say yes or no at the altar? Like, it's so mm-hmm. uh, theatrical. And I, yeah, I love it. It's so unhinged. It's so evil. Like, of course. <laughs> there was just an article, too, about just the trauma that all of the contestants have gone through. Um, or that it's, like, ruining their lives. Same with Survivor. Like, people say, like, yeah, it took me three years to get rid of that, like, weird infection I got or whatever. Um, yeah. But... 
how much fun to watch people sort of suffer uh, from their own choice on in a reality setting and have it be packaged with sound effects for my like boring consumption. Wow. I, uh, what is it about Love is Blind that made it blow up? It seems like this season in particular, people were really into it. People, I, I've, I've been, I'm an OG fan. I'm a part of the origi- original waves of every season, um, going all the way back. This season was the most horny, for sure. Oh. Like, I thought people okay. were going to, like, touch themselves in the pods, the amount of, like, spiciness wow. that was happening. But there, wow. there were also some, <laughs> there were some really bad pairs. Do you watch it? I, you know what? I don't. I okay. started, we tried with the first season, and yeah. I couldn't tell anybody apart. Oh. And I, I just sort of lost interest. That's fair. I'm still, I'm so bad with names, so I literally couldn't tell you any of the people's names. I just kind of yeah. know their faces and their vibe. Uh, it does, doesn't get any we, better. Yeah, okay. We were just coming off the circle where everybody was very distinctive and and there were very strong characters and and love is blind did not grab me in the same way so we just kind of never got back to it but i I will try again with this season you tell me it's a horny season and that's all you need to say and there yeah i'm trying to think if it's actually because i loved the why did i i feel like i pivoted i watched all the early circles and michelle bateau's so funny the host Mm -hmm. in that gets so many jokes Nick Lachey and Vanessa do nothing. They show up at the beginning. They are collecting a check. They show up at yes. the beginning, and then they show up at the reunion. Um, but it's so, it's just so funny, because everyone is, all these hearts are getting broken, and then they're still like, oh, is love blind? It's like, what? That's not an experiment. You're breaking so. But there was one couple this season that like are meant to be together, in a way, then like, oh, it's all worth it, and I, yeah, I forget their names, but I could well, probably draw them from memory. But mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> uh, I, I'm sold. I'm sold. Were you, uh, were you, or are you a Love Island person? I'm not a Love Island person. What's that one? Mm-hmm. That's that's really horny, right? It's and queer horny. and yeah. queer. Mm, no, not in my no, no. I don't think so. Am I thinking of a different show? I may. I no. I don't think. Now, it has been a couple seasons. I, certainly the American version had no queerness to it, unless I'm... There's not a one with bi, pe- bi people? Are you the one? Well, there... Oh, there was Are You the One, yeah. Is that... They did, they did a season of Are You the One where everyone was, like, oh, okay. pansexual. Oh, and okay. I, I, I never watched that, so I can't, I can't speak to it. But Love Island uh, was and is a, a, a very horny show. The original British, especially, is very very horny there was a uh, an irish contestant by the name of mora who famously said at one point in the show my vagina is trobbing trobbing <laughs> yeah. so not trobbing on uh, on love is blind um what are what are your like foundational television shows movies etc i always feel like such a imposter with culture questions because i grew up so christian and the right. first, like, pre... I mean, I remember when I was allowed to listen to secular music in fifth grade. Um, but but TV, I remember sneaking away and watching Dawson's Creek as a Ooh. kid one summer, binging that. Yeah. I remember in college, binging Lost. That felt, like, somehow foundational. I'm a big uh-huh. uh, 
Damian Lindolfi stan like everyone else in the world. He has a new show coming out today that I'm optimistic for. Mrs. Davis. Um, oh, okay. Like the AI show. I didn't know that was him. Um, what were my foundational... Oh, and... Well, I mean, were you a Dawson or a Pacey? I think I wanted to be a Dawson. I'm a Dawson Rising, but I'm a Pacey. Dawson Rising. Okay. And Pacey ends up being cool. gay. Doesn't he? No. No. The cop is no. gay. Cop was always gay. Oh. I don't... I actually don't know. That's after my time. You didn't finish it? No, I don't think I did. I must not have. The cop... There was they, a gay character. They picked... There was a gay character. It starts yeah. with a J. And then... Jack. Jack was gay. And yeah, I think the cop was picked on for being gay the whole series. And then, like, the reveal at the finale is, he actually is! And then he ends up with Jack. I don't remember a cop at all. Someone's a cop. There's a cop. Huh. Who's police in the creek? There's got to be a cop. Oh, obviously there was a police force. I just don't remember <laughs> there being a, a, a cop character. Someone, or maybe... I was in and out on that show, obviously. Selective so. memory. And then memory. the real memory. answer is, it's not narrative. It's, it's The Price is Right. It's The Tonight <sighs> Show. These right. are like core... I watched Price is Right with my grandma whenever I was like homesick. And watching Master Key was the game. She gave me like a brass key uh, lock that she had when she died. She's like, put your name on whatever you want to keep it. And so I put my name on that and I got to keep it. Like Bob Barker and Rod Ronnie were fundamental figures for me. And I even, when I was in LA a few years ago, went to a taping. And that was like a pilgrimage that I had to do. I love that. <laughs> I love that. You know, watching watching that, watching the, the vintage ones, which you can find on like, you know, whatever, Tubi or Pluto or one of those weird TV apps. Uh, but even even now, it that set is delicious. Like the the colors of the, the little like scoreboard things where you say $535 and it comes up. Like those colors are so like pleasing. Oh, God. Yeah. Give the, like, set designer all the money. That was so... The glitz and glam. It reminds me of... Did you watch Bozo? Now I'm just bragging. I'm going to brag. It's not... Do you know Bozo? The Clown? The Clown? Yeah, the the Super Sunday show? No, I never did. Oh, okay. Bozo the Clown had a Sunday morning show with a bunch of kids, and you could play this game where you toss a ping pong ball into a series of increasingly far away pups. Uh, buckets on the ground mm-hmm. and win an beer increasing beer pong for children but that taped in chicago at wgn and it broadcast yeah. nationally and a couple days ago i did a morning show and i was like and i saw a pillar there and it was inside bozo used to be filmed in this studio and she, the anchor wow. pointed to this like curtain in the corner and it was like that's the original set it was like a yellow nasty curtain but bozo and price is right i think are kindred spirits in terms of like the glitz and glam that they're pumping out for television yeah drag for children drag for children yes that's that's what the alt that's what the right's been screaming about it was it was bozo yeah bozo and bob barker and janice janice my 
unfortunate uh, don't meet your heroes moment is around the Price is Right because I feel like attending a taping ruined some of the magic for me. Oh no, explain. The audience, you can't hear anything. Right. You can't hear anything. And so when you're like screaming advice to them or being like poked and prodded like cattle by production to make more noise and yell and scream louder, you're provide. it's not good insight. I don't know what the product is. I didn't hear the announcer what they say. They're they're not really mic'd. And you're sort of misled to believe that if you scream the loudest, you'll get picked. But in reality, casting's already done like a 10 second interview with everyone down the line in order to pick who's yeah. gonna get picked. And so I, I felt a little a little tricked. Obviously I didn't need to be picked. A friend a gay friend and I went and made t-shirts that I don't think made sense, but I didn't have the heart to tell them they didn't make sense. Um, Please explain. <laughs> we were trying to think of like a good pun or something. Um, and so I still have it to this day. It says Hutch Queen. Hutch Queen? Hutch Queen. You're Hutch having, Queen. You're having the response I had. So it's, oh. it's a play on, I think, Butch Queen, but it's oh, uh, uh, Hutch... Which I didn't really know what a hutch was, but it's like a type of furniture. And so did, we just had these. And <laughs> you might win on the show. True, true. Okay, you're. Okay, see whose side you're on in this uh, situation. But, I get it. <laughs> but it's just but, said yeah. Hutch Queen. It's di- tricky to explain, but he made these shirts. And so I showed up in line and I was like, well, we got to wear our Hutch Queen shirts. But I think casting it was like, we don't know what weird kink that is. We can't put you on camera. We did exactly. get we did get kind of uh, front ish row seating, which I think was a, a testament to our, our our joie de vivre and youth, mm-hmm. because everyone else mm-hmm. I think in the audience was uh, seventy five years old, and so they were like, let's sure. get let's get these twenty somethings down in the front row a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you want energy, you get a couple hutch queens. Get a couple hutch queens. We know how to turn it up. Yeah, there it is. The, um, I'll quickly tell you the story. Um, it, it my improv like class when I first moved out here. Um, I was at Improv Olympic, and like so, you know, you start with your level one, and you tend to kind of be with the same people as you go through for like a year or whatever it is. And there was this one kid uh, in our class. He wasn't a kid; he was in his twenties, but but he like barely spoke, and he was real awkward in scenes, and he like kind of blinked real heavy, and I was like, there's something, <laughs> something's something there's there's something deeper happening um and but he like stepped he was with us the whole time and then it got to be like at the end of our time we had to do a bunch of shows together and we needed to come up with a name for our like team that our class was and everyone was like throwing around funny ideas and then this guy i won't say his name but he like he blinked real heavy and he's like you guys um i have an idea i think we should be the electric team because it's like when we're on stage together it's like uh, electricity and um so i think we should be the electric team and and so everyone was like well, where are the <laughs> and, uh, and he he went out. And he's like, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna have uh, postcards made, and so he like did a design and got postcards and did like ten thousand postcards, <laughs> and we all had to pay so much more than we wanted to pay for these postcards. That he we made you pay, <laughs> but he misspelled the word electric. We were the uh-huh. electric team. He forgot the first C. So electric, he had, like, 10, electric. 000 Ele- we were the electric team. It was, it, but it couldn't have been more perfect. Oh, yeah. No mistakes in improv. 
You had to no yes, yes and. What a great idea we for yes a team. It. We yes anded it. My um, go ahead. Sorry. Or my graduation classes show in Chicago, Iowa, was underwater sea dragon, and it was underwater sea dragon. Uh, you know, I I didn't support it, but you say yes no. to it because that's the game you, you play. Yes. You say yes. It's all you can do. Um, you said you were allowed to listen to secular music in fifth grade. What was your choice of secular music? MTV, and this is where I believe I believe I first became aware of you, Mr. Holmes. But um, I vividly remember "Pretty Fly for a White Guy" by The Offspring, and oh stealing glances at those jiggling bikini boobies uh, on my television screen. I memorized "Bare Naked Ladies," uh, "Chickadee China," the Chinese Chinese Chicken. Mm-hmm. You have a drumstick that's, in your that's brain. A lot of work. You have your drumstick in your brain. Stop sticking. Mm-hmm. I I like played a game i don't know if other students were playing the game i was forcing a game on them where i I was a became a radio and they would like change the station and i would sing the different song i had now memorized i don't know i don't know i don't know if i had friends um but i i I ate them all up my dad credits uh he was a assistant pastor and he credits when he bought a Beach Boys CD as the moral decline of our family. That's when he like let Satan into the family by letting Ooh. secular music in. Cause Satan is the god of the airwaves. Satan was a, Lucifer was a, was it had a beautiful voice. Lucifer could oh, sing, right. I think, or play something. Um, but I ate it up. And in, this was in sync. this was Britney, which obviously now we sort of know we were mistreating our celebs, but at the time, I devoured them uh, unknowingly. Disney Channel formative concerts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, and those would, that would be in sync. They did a, a Disney Channel concert, as I recall. Yes, yes. And uh, well, slightly before that, I was leaning into the religious side of things, which is a little more twisted. But uh, one of the early songs I remember is Rebecca St. James, a religious artist who had a song called Wait For Me, which was about, wait for it, abstinence. Mm-hmm. It was about waiting until marriage to uh, have sexual relations with your partner. And so I knew and memorized that song. And she was actually my first concert, which I remember because it ended with, oh God, everyone having to, if you were right with God, you could stay standing on the cement if you you know needed to like make learn a little lesson if you've been a little naughty and needed forgiveness you had to get on your knees and if you like really needed forgiveness you sat on your ass and if you were ready to like accept jesus christ as your personal lord and savior you had to lay flat on the cement at this outdoor concert and i knew i was going to hell but I didn't want to get down, so I stayed standing. You know, I'm not going to be the first one. But everyone got some version of down. So I had to get, yeah. you know, when your knees are on cement and you get those, like, weird little shapes or whatever. It was yeah. so uncomfortable. So I think I actually sat on my butt. I went to a deeper level into sin in order to earn my need for redemption in order to just feel a little more comfortable at the outdoor Rebecca St. James concert. God almighty. You... That's... <laughs> I think you're there's there are listeners out there like oh my god yes i know that i'm guessing you didn't have a similar religious upbringing yeah no we were catholic where so it was you know you always had to go to church 
Uh, well, on Sunday, you had to go to church and all that. But, like, to talk openly about Jesus was, like, in poor taste, kind of. You <laughs> not, know? not at the you dinner to, table. Not at the dinner table. Yeah, it was, it was unseemly to, like, sing too loudly at church. There was none of this hand in the air. It was very, very like, tightly wound and repressed. Uh, but, like, if you, like, if there was a family and one of them wasn't at church, it was like, what's going on? You know? Mm. Is he, whatever. Um, I, uh, I, I, as you were talking about that concert, I, it struck me why so much of this, like, anti-drag shit and, like, you know, don't say gay in schools and whatever is, like, no wonder it's catching fire with evangelical people because it's like obviously you would only be able to think in terms of indoctrination mm. you know what i mean mm. like you're you're taking kids to concerts that are literal indoctrination so you must on some level think that's how everything works you know like everything is like you're gay now <laughs> like, yes what like profess your gayness now or whatever like you you must only be able to think in those terms evangelicals are yeah obsessed with restricting the worldview of their children or making sure that the church remains and passed on to the younger like why like most parents are like expose your child to a hundred things so you can see what they like the most so that they get to pursue that thing instead of like no this is the one thing kid this is the only thing that matters it's your soul and heaven and hell or you burn forever and then building whole communities and cultures and uh currencies around that like yeah of course they've been fighting for the the war for the future is always taking place on children and they're so emotionally charged like everybody loves a kid everybody loves their kid it's like oh they're so innocent and i mean children are monsters uh but it's just such an easy way to get someone riled up to be it'd be like i'm surprised religiously we're not fucking with like cats more like people actually get mad when like an animal who is potentially more uh innocent than a child in a sort of way is threatened so maybe we maybe the progressive left should start saying that Republicans are like killing cats or something, or like kicking them around. Keep your laws off my puppies. <laughs> Keep your laws off my puppies. It's um, the only way we're gonna win. Um, so let's talk about your family, uh, who did allow uh, Satan into their lives, because Mike Love of the Beach Boys is pure evil. So I, I'm a little <laughs> bit on your father's side there. Uh, but you you write a lot about uh, about your mother in particular uh, in, in your book and in you know on your social media feeds through the years. <laughs> tell tell our listeners about Patty. Oh, Patty Zimmerman is a social butterfly. She's been a server at the Red Lobster for forty years um, and a number of side hustles, multi level marketing schemes where she sells health and wellness products to her friends on the internet. She did for a while uh, sell sex toys, if you can believe that. A a God-fearing woman. She'll never listen to this because of the title of it, so I can dish all about her. She got into, there's some like sex toy pyramid scheme that she got sucked into. Um, And so she justified it by like, she's only selling to other married women because sex within the context of of marriage. But she, she would have little parties where she had like, 
a bunch of dildos in the closet that she needed to bring out and sell to people, which is fascinating to me. This is a woman who, like, came to my fifth grade class, had me removed when sex ed was discussed. Like, I did, never learned about what a condom was, which explains why I did, fun fact, use saran wrap uh, as a child once, early in my virginity experience. Yeah, I could have I become a parent. Um, but she is also... She'll bend over backwards for any of her kids and show up for people. She's a workaholic. She runs, runs, runs. She reads Body by Life. Or is that the name of it? Body by... Yeah. She reads books on, like, health and fitness and her Bible and does her devotions. She's so outspoken but so camera shy. If you put a camera up her, she starts stuttering. I've had her like, I'm like, make a video for me telling people to buy my book, and she gets so shy. Um, I have so much love and empathy for her, and I'm glad that I haven't died yet, because I feel like the older I get, the more I understand her upbringing and how she's doing the best she can within her limited worldview. Um, and I'm excited to see how our relationship keeps evolving and changing as I get further from the religious trauma that they uh, waged on my tiny little childhood brain. How did the book land with her? The book, Dave Holmes, arrives today. <sighs> uh, <laughs> that, that's like half. Give her a no, 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 no. I, I sent her a PDF. I sent her a PDF. Okay. That she okay. said she read. She did say um, there were parts I didn't need to read. Um, mm -hmm. Which, in hindsight, like, maybe I could have redacted, like, the threesome chapter. Um, right. But I feel a little lucky with her because we've been through this before with stand-up or with, like, essays I've put out online. Like, she's already yeah. seen, like, oh, my child is writing about me and putting that out into the world. Like, she's already processed that sequence of things a few times once i wrote a piece called i wanted to write i call it i love my homophobic mom the same way there'd be like moms at pride parades like i love my gay kid like i wanted to write the inverse and she was like i'm not homophobic and so we got on the phone i read the definition of homophobia to her she sort of was like well i'm not that and it, it, the navigation the writing of the piece kind of brought us closer together in a moment or I realize like oh so it's gonna hurt my mom a little to be called this even though it sort of is objectively true let me sort of navigate that a little bit um and so she is more she's also loves the spotlight I think she's like she'd be an incredible reality tv show contestant like literally put her on an island send her on the amazing race put her in the circle like if she wasn't there camera shy. I know. Yeah, they can't be yeah, cameras. So unreal, there can't be cameras. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'll be it'll be the first reality TV show to be uh, disseminated by rumor. Right, it'll right. Just be like, trust <laughs> us, these things happen. You won't believe it. But she has texted me. Her, her physical copy arrives today. And so I'm, uh, I think I've done the due diligence to sort of prepare her. There was one sequence that I was a little... It was a little more dicey. When I was a kid, I like found their sex pamphlets, um, mm -hmm. and they like one the one that was already open like vividly described. Oh man, if I'm shy saying this out loud, I probably shouldn't have put it in the book. 
described how to shave your pussy. Like it was all mm -hmm. the steps of shaving a pussy. And so I remember vividly reading that as a child and then hiding it away. Cause I didn't really know my parents had sex. I know the door got locked every Sunday night with a deadbolt and mom was like unavailable for, for 20 to 25 minutes. But I didn't mm -hmm. quite realize until much older that that's what was happening. So I was a little worried that like that might tickle her the wrong way. But she was like, I I'm proud of my sex life. Like, I'm your father and I have been married 40 years. I'm proud we still have sex. Um, it's really my dad I'm a little more worried about. And I've had, because okay. he's more more shy of the spotlight and sort of more sensitive to. I get a lot of my uh, sensitivity and probably like low self-esteem from pops. And so I don't want anything I write to like set him off in the wrong direction. And there is one essay that's just, it's basically the dad essay where it's about you told me you got saved and that I was going to hell and so I thought I was going to hell and then I went to therapy and now I'm better and now I want you to go to therapy but you won't and we're at an impasse. That's yeah. kind of, but in much more beautiful, hopefully poetic language that paints like yeah. scenes and stuff. Um, it is It is a great book. It is oh. it's beautiful and it's funny oh. and I, I just love it. That's very Congratulations. kind. Oh, thank you. What is uh, what is happening in your love life right now, Zach Zimmerman? As as the book drops, are you? Is there is there a boy in every city of the book tour? What's what's happening? <laughs> I I think I would be well suited to sort of someone in every port. Um, uh -huh. But right now I'm I feel like I go through slut monk slut monk phases, and I'm kind yeah. of in monk mode. Like I've ne I don't feel very horny right now. I'm very focused on like getting to the next city to do book stuff. Um, and so it's probably, it's been a few months since I even, I had like two hookups in February. Um, I, the, the real tea on the last few years was like pandemic. I like wasn't touched for two years, right? like by anyone. And then like someone came into my life and I felt like I was like losing my virginity again. It was like huge emotions. And of course the person was like aggressively unavailable. Like they had, they were in an open relationship. They had a partner, which like, don't even get me started is what energy I have about open relationships. I can't compete in the sexual marketplace with people that already have the confidence of being loved. Like, it's just so unfair. I like, yeah. um, but that reawoke in me, and then I became a little slut in New York for a little while. And now I feel like a monk again, you know, kind of numb to it all. But maybe when the spring, spring, when maybe when spring sprungs, I'll spring um, and maybe find something this summer. But I'm really happy being single, I've learned. Like an, a bed to myself. What greater what joy. Yeah. What a dream. Sorry, Dave Holmes. I, I go to it's bed okay. when I want. I'm not getting kicked by a lover. I'm not getting. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I um, I'm I'm in a single bed right now because <gasps> uh, my partner has COVID. No. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. We were, yeah, we were at Miami Beach Pride last weekend, and uh, <laughs> Ben got some of that Miami COVID. That and, sweet uh, so strain. I'm, I'm in the guest room for the for the. Time oh, being. gotcha. And you're sleeping like and a you know king. What? I bet. <laughs> Fuck it, Zach. I love it. Between the between us. <laughs> my ex calls it a. Uh, Starfishing, where you just like lay yes. like a starfish out on the bed, you take it all up yep. for yourself. It's fantastic! Um, it's fantastic. 
Um, yeah. So anyway, I, I'm I'm with you on that. Can oh, you? Yeah. Um, I, it's in the book and it's hilarious. But can you talk us through your um, summer stock uh, <laughs> sexual? <laughs> oh adventure? no! Oh my god! You don't have to. Yeah, you're referring to you my do have to, actually. my first and only uh, my first and only successful three way uh, yes. experience. The most yes. recent unsuccessful one ended with me in my underwear at someone's piano playing a whole new world, and I looked up, and both of the other participants were fully clothed, and so I realized, oh, this is this is not actually happening. I'm going to we leave were right now. Different signals. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> but this was uh, in college. I still was. I didn't really experience queer desire until college. I don't know yeah. if I was just a late bloomer, but. I was at a summer stock theater company in Vermont working on a play with a friend and Fiddler on the Roof was the show. And so I was running lights in order to uh, earn my bed at the summer stock theater company. And I fell for the Fiddler of all people. Uh, I thought he was so cute, but he was dating model and I didn't, I think if I could go back and tell my younger self something, it would be, oh, when someone has a boyfriend or a partner, that's not a deal breaker. I don't think I've real I realized that too too yeah. late in life. Yeah. Um, but eventually, by the end of the the thirty days, I had the confidence um, to sort of be like, "Hey guys, do we want to do this?" And so we, I had my first and only three way, and it was. I remember laughing because it was so, it felt absurd to me. It was like a new experience. And also they were putting on like music and they lit candles and we're like 19 years old. And I'm like, oh, there's like some pageantry to this. There's like set and sound design. This is like, well, this is, this when is you're gay. This. Yeah. <laughs> I know at my age, like the lights are going off. I learned the value of some good lighting. Um, <laughs> And I remember, um, I just remember like being like, oh, I need to like get through this as weird as that sounds. And so I adopt, I like, I remember thinking to myself, just playing a character like, oh no, I'm going to be like sex. I'm going to be sexual. I'm going to be like the, the God of sex. I'm going to be so good at having sex right now, rather than like being like, what the fuck is going on? There's yeah. so much yeah. happening. Also, yeah, you don't want to be a tourist. <laughs> You don't want to be a tourist to your own life. What a beautiful idea. Is that yours? Right. Can I have that? It is. Can I borrow no, that? I'm, I'm actually, I mean, I no. saw your reaction and I am going to hold damn on it. If you uh, don't damn it. No, no, no. I mean, it was fun. I was being a tourist <laughs> to your idea of being a tourist, which is what. Oh, <laughs> I really am writing it down. Uh, but then, uh -oh. wait, can I tell you? Well, no, maybe someone, this will get back to him. What? It's kind of, well, it's not, it's just a fascinating thing. It's not sad or anything. It's a fascinating thing. Someone who may or not may not, well, I don't know, a lot of gays listen to this. Well, we'll, we'll keep it, we'll okay. keep it vague. There, It'll be a blind item. The actor went on to understudy a celebrity on Broadway oh, in, a, yeah. in a show. And so I remember hearing from him his experience of going on to a half-empty crowd, because uh, it was the person was in the the headline uh, I, of the show. Yes, I, so you, I I know 
I think I know who you're talking about. No! <laughs> Already? I think I know who you're talking That's about. That's impossible. Yeah. I haven't said enough of the words, but I just remember. I, I'm very good at this. Oh, damn it. Well, I just remember thinking like, that's such a complicated emotion uh, mm -hmm. to sort of be living your dream while I like coming out to a half empty crowd or a, a mixture of people feeling different levels of enthusiasm that it's you and not this other person. It just must yeah. be, I, I, would, I just remember that being such a cool, cause I love like melancholy or I love like happy and sad, like just moments where we know that they're interconnected and combined, which they always are. Like right. there's no happiness without sadness, no sadness without happiness. So, uh, there's a poem, Suffering Carved Space to Fill with Joy. And so that just stuck out to me, even though it's not my story, as just like, what a fascinating moment. That should probably be in a movie or a film or in some kind of story one day, but it's not my story to tell. Yeah, but I, that, that wasn't scandalous at all. I thought you were gonna, I thought you were gonna reveal something. Oh, I thought it was a little like mean to be like, ooh, look at this, this guy was sad when his dream came true. No, no, I think no, I think that's very human and honest, and oh. I would love to have him on the show. So. <laughs> Which one, the understudy or the the understudy? Wait, the... really? Yes. Then I don't think you know who I'm talking about. Okay, maybe I don't. Maybe I don't. We'll talk about L it. After listen we to stop the Patreon. Recording. Yeah, yeah. Listen on the paid yeah. version. <laughs> the, the name will be in the title of the show. Um, uh, Zach Zimmerman, have a wonderful DC event tonight. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for coming by, and best of luck with the book and everything. Is it hot in here? It is brilliant. Um, I it, it, tell everyone the subtitle. It's long, and I always get it wrong. Oh, it's so long. Is it hot in here, or am I suffering for all eternity for the sins I committed on Earth? Brilliant. Brilliant. Zach thank Zimmerman, you, Dave thank Holmes. You. You're a delight. You're a delight. Homophilia is a World of Wonder podcast produced and engineered by Renee Colvert. Our theme song is by Ben Wise. We want to thank Michael Pressman and everybody at World of Wonder. Please follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, at homophiliapod. And if you would, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We sure would appreciate it. Wow Presents Plus, the number one place in the world to see Drag Race. And so much more. Subscribe to Wow Presents Plus. Still only $4.99. Subscribe today as streamed on TV.